Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Hope you've had a good week. Hope things are going well for you. There's so many different areas we're being attacked, but the one I want to talk about this week is the most important. It's the Second Amendment. It's the right to keep and bear arms. It's the most important right that we have because it's the only one that safeguards all the others. If we lose Second Amendment rights, then immediately every other right is in jeopardy. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, everything. And history bears that out. We're going to talk about that today. What's happened, what they're trying to do with it, what history shows happens when you disarm a people, and what does the Bible say about this, and on and on. Just a lot of nuggets on the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Our founders knew that was vital if they wanted this country to remain free. This is a foundational freedom. I think you know that, but I wanna talk about a lot of the details that might help you defend that to other people that are being manipulated by the media because they sit there and stare at that thing all day long. So anyway, those watching on the different platforms, thank you so much. Please consider going to agendaweekly.com to become a subscriber, and there you'll get all the other materials we provide each week. Those that are subscribers, thank you so much for doing that. It allows us to dig in all week and find out and, and research and understand the times better so we can hopefully be a blessing to you. Each month that goes by, we can see the battle we're in is real and uh, the other side is taking it seriously. And they have been for a long time, but our side was sound asleep and didn't seem to notice. So I guess that's one positive um, of things becoming so obviously against us is that more people will see there's an enemy within that is far greater than any enemy without, and we better stand up now for our rights. But thank you for joining me this week. I'm going to be going through a lot of different people's material that I studied this week that was excellent. One of them is the Center for Renewing America. But they had a summary of what happens and then what is the result of that event that I thought was really good. A criminal psychopath takes numerous innocent lives by attacking a soft target. That means a target that's a gun-free zone. The criminal is discovered to come from a broken home, the importance of the family, and the criminal psychopath was possessing numerous red flags that were mostly ignored. Existing laws were not enforced. And then, because the tragedy happened, those that hate America, those that hate the Constitution, they immediately blame the exercise of God-given rights by model citizens as the underlying problem. Oh, the, the, the law-abiding citizens of America, if they didn't have guns, this wouldn't have happened, which, of course, is so ignorant. But that's, that's just kind of a, a summary of what always happens. Some crazy that's talked about on social media and to friends, I'm going to kill a bunch of people. And nobody said, hey, this guy's in trouble. He needs help. <laughs> he's, he's off. <laughs> and, and this happens over and over again. But then they always want to disarm the law-abiding citizens as the solution to the problem, which, of course, would never be. And I want to go into that a little bit, just some key things. What's the purpose of the Second Amendment? Our founding fathers changed the world in that they identified 
in, in the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then, of course, the Constitution goes on to define these. So everything in the Constitution, those are rights that the founders realized from studying the Bible, studying history, that, oh, these are God-given rights. Every person has, you know, the right to free speech, to freedom of religion, to, to defend themselves, with, to bear arms. Those are, are rights that are universal. Every country in the world has that, every human being on the planet. If their government is taking those from them, that means then they're not in a free country, but they have those rights because they were given to them by God. That, of course, is fundamental to understand, but that was revolutionary at the time. And we can't forget that because as the Democrats and the liberals talk about repealing the Second Amendment, which I heard many of them saying over the last week or two, um, we have to let them know that God-given rights cannot be infringed upon, period. doesn't matter what kind of catastrophe happens. They can never take away our right to vote. Say, oh, no, there's a crisis. You can't vote anymore. Or there's no more freedom of speech. Or there's no more freedom of religion. They can't do those because those are rights from God. And that's key to remember. So they can't repeal the Second Amendment. That's what they were talking about. I'm like, what? You can't do that. All you can do with the Constitution is, if you want, add new amendments that clarify even more of our God-given rights. To say, oh, here's other areas we didn't mention that people have God-given rights that our government is here to protect. That's the only point of government is to protect our God-given rights. And so, but that as this debate heats up, that's number one. They can't have a con-con and take out the Second Amendment or something. Again, why? Because it's a right given by God. That's fundamental. We have to remember that. We also have to remember this has nothing to do with lives. Do they care about the 18 children that died in Texas? No. <laughs> they are encouraging women to kill their children over 3,000 times a day. Babies in America are killed in our hospitals and doctor's offices. So it's not about life. Our, our borders are wide open where drugs are flowing in. Just in the last 12 months, 107,000 of our young people died of drug overdoses. 107,000. Do they care about the 18? No, they do not. You would close the border. You would enforce the drug laws. <laughs> you, would, you would enforce the criminal laws so criminals aren't out on the street doing whatever they want. As violent crime increases at historic levels right now, due to what? Why is that? It's due to foolhardy policies to defund the police, demonize law enforcement, and prioritize criminals over citizens. Okay, that's what's happening all over the country. They're letting criminals go, and they're saying they have rights too. <laughs> And on and on it goes, but they're doing that, which makes it more important for us at this stage of time and, and this point in history to defend the Second Amendment, encourage everyone needs to, to be trained, needs to own a firearm, know how to use it safely, and, and it's more important than ever. But of course, they have another agenda. Why is the Second Amendment so important? It's to protect yourself. When you believe the lie that the police are there to protect and defend, 
That's their little slogan, but that's not what they're there for. They're there to come clean up the mess when things are over. A police is not at your house when a guy walks in with a gun uh, to come in and, and rob your house. He, they're not there. So you have to be prepared to do that. So the protection of self and others. Just a week ago, it wasn't covered in the news, another crazy with an AR-15 went to start killing people. And some of you might have seen the story, but, you know, a lady pulled out a pistol out of her person, just shot him dead right on the scene before he could start killing everybody. Well, that's what we need more of because we're supposed to be here on this earth to protect and defend life of our families. Of course, that's our duty before God, but also our neighbors and those that cannot protect themselves. One thing that's never brought up, I've never heard a Republican representative or senator bring this up, but it's the most fundamental level that people need to understand. The Second Amendment the fact that we have well-armed citizenry is vital to our national defense, our national security. Our enemies fear that more than our military. Back in the 1970s, Jimmy Carter was president, and he was just totally dismantling our military, and the, and the Soviets had been building up for a long time. They could have easily taken us in the late 70s. I know if they would have called Jimmy Carter and said, we're going to nuke all your major cities tomorrow morning if you don't surrender, he would have surrendered and said, okay, no, 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 just we'll surrender. And they knew he would surrender. But they knew we've got a problem, though. There's 100 million highly armed citizens, and to take a people off their own property is the hardest in all military strategy. If you study it, they'll go, that's the hardest thing to do because they're fighting for everything and you're just trying to get more ground, but their whole existence is on the line. So they fight in a different level than those that are just trying to take property from others. So that's a key thing that's not brought up. It's the greatest deterrent to China or Russia nuking us and then sending in troops because they're scared we might not be able to take them. And if we don't take them, we'll be finished afterwards. It's also the only deterrent we have to a criminal totalitarian government. And that's the main reason our founders put the Second Amendment in the Constitution. They wanted to clarify, yeah, there's a God-given right, but they explain in the Declaration, it's a God-given right to protect you from your government. <laughs> and they said, if that government becomes totalitarian, it is your duty to overturn it. So no one talks about that either. They say, you don't need a 30-round clip for Bambi. It's not for Bambi. It's to stop evil if it ever takes over our government to the point we are no longer free. Our founders said, that's the time. It's time to step up and do something about it. And we want you to be armed for that if it ever is to happen. There's so many great quotes from the founders on those that will trade their liberty for safety deserve neither, and things like that. Um, but it's true. You, you can't allow them to say, we're going to keep you safe from these mass shootings. If everyone just gives us their guns, it'll be over. Another key statistic on this point is from the FBI. And in the average year, more people are murdered with a hammer than a rifle. 
and yet they're wanting to ban the rifles. It's almost humorous, and I was even kind of shocked by it. It shows when man wants to kill, he's going to kill. When man is evil in his heart and has the demons of, of that hate and death, he's going to do it. There's no way to stop it. And so that's why we need to be armed. So we're there to stop him from doing what his evil heart wants to do. John Adams said, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That's really what happens. That's the problem we need to deal with. That's the solution to the problem. Is See, we've taught the children that they're animals, just highly evolved animals. And, and so what we've done, and there's no morality, if it feels good, do it. Uh, we've created children that are ungovernable. You, can, you cannot control them. They have no respect for anything because you've taught them not to. Um, and the, the public school really at its root, if you look at they're creating monsters, okay? They're people that will not be successful in marriage, will not be successful in life, in finances. But, but because of that, once their minds have been twisted and you've confused them, uh, what's happening, I'm shocked it, ha it doesn't happen more of the millions, the tens of millions of kids in the government system that are just being brainwashed, all it would take is one of them each day to snap, just one, and you'd have a mass school shooting every single day. <laughs> Think about that. And here's something the left doesn't ever address, but in the world they've created without God, you cannot make an argument of why that is wrong. If we're highly evolved animals and one of the animals decides to destroy a bunch of other animals, you can't say, well, that was wrong of them. Based on what? <laughs> Without God in the picture, which they purposely removed him, because then you create the chaos that you need to make the changes you want to take over a country. Um, without God in the equation, a school shooting, what's wrong with that? Someone just did what they wanted to do. They're free. How dare you have a problem with that? That's, that's the issue. They want the benefits of morality without teaching it to our children. But then you get into the whole culture that's just, it's, there's a huge satanic influence because of the drugs and the, the rock music and things that have taught our children to glorify evil and to be, open themselves up. Um, the drugs, of course, when you're on drugs, like so many of our young people, I think 70% of our young people have used drugs, they say in the surveys. Well, when you got the majority of your young people using drugs, which just opens you up to that dark realm, um, you're, you're going to have these things. And, and then they say, well, take the guns. When man is evil and, you, and he's not moral, then he'll use his truck, which would be far more deadly than a gun mowing people down with a truck, and you take the trucks and we take all the cars, they'll use poison or they'll use fire. What if they burn down the elementary school because you took my guns, but I want to go destroy them. I want to be in the news. That's half of it. The media covers this stuff and makes such a, a big deal out of it. Other young people go, oh, I'd like to be on the news. They, they've been taught to be famous as everything. And so they go, yeah. My, my name will be on the headlines of every paper in America if I do this or that. And so we've glorified it in a way 
uh, to an immoral people and their lust for fame and everything gets the best of them. The way our society is today, I'm shocked this doesn't happen way more than it does. It happens a few times a year. That's just a few people kind of going nuts out of hundreds of millions. Well, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's God, I think, still protecting us and still preserving us because it should be happening multiple times every single day. I mean, out of 340 million people with all the bad influences and all the corrupt training they've received through the decades in the schools, yeah, I'm really surprised it's not way more prevalent than it is. Here's the actual statistics on America. And murders have gone up a little bit in the last few years because of lawlessness, because of defunding the police and stuff. But still, the, the homicide rate for America is 6.9 murders per 100,000 people. That's 2021. That is still a, a pretty low rate. But, but it's also skewed because the big cities in America have 10 times that. Like St. Louis has 60 uh, murders per 100,000 people. And the average is 6.9 for America. So all the Chicago's and, and Los Angeles and San Francisco, all the big cities pull the numbers up. You go to rural America, it's really low. There's not many murders at all. And then violent crime, this is really interesting. There's 466 violent crimes per 100,000 people in America. But the United Kingdom that has taken the guns from the people, they average 2,034 violent crimes per 100,000 people. We have 466, and we're way higher than we should be because all the big cities skew all the information, but we have 466 per 100,000. The United Kingdom, England, and everything has 2,034 per 100,000. Four times, over four times the number. So just taking the guns doesn't, do it. It doesn't stop the heart of man from being violent. I think if you cut out the gangs in America and the organized crime in America, all those murders and shootings were down really low. And the big cities, you'd go, man, this is a very safe, civilized place. What's amazing, if you look at Switzerland, where every citizen is required to have a gun and have taken courses in how to use it. They're, they're the most well-armed uh, people in the world because everyone, every household has to be armed and know how to use it. It's the national sport in Switzerland is shooting. That's the national pastime. If you go there, you'll see teenagers on bikes in uh, motor scooters driving around with AR-15 strapped to their back because they're going to the shooting range. That's the national pastime. And guess what their murder rate is? 0.5 per 100,000. We're 6.9 deaths per 100,000. They're 0.5 per 100,000. That means out of every 200,000 people in Switzerland each year, one of them is murdered out of 200,000. So because no one's going to mess with anyone over there because everyone is armed and knows how to use it. And we never talk about those statistics, which are so, so important. Also, a point I forgot to make when we were talking about 
protecting us from our own government. We see in Canada, New Zealand, Australia, China, and all the other countries where they've disarmed the people, how governments abuse them. But New Zealand and Australia and Canada, they're part of Western civilization. For China and communist countries to abuse their people, they do that for fun. I mean, that's they all do that, and they love doing that, and they will always do that. But Western countries that have had law and order and civility and manners and, and, and been taught in the, the laws of God and, and what to do and what not to do. When you see the videos in New Zealand, the, the government abusing the people. In Australia, they're abusing the people. The reason why that's happening is because they disarm them. In Canada now, Justin Trudeau, as you know, is going to, we've got to get the rest of them. He's already abusing them because they've been, been mostly disarmed. But now he's like, we got to get the pistols. we got to get the other guns. Well, that means in the years to come, the abuse we saw with the Freedom Convoy, <laughs> where they were seizing people that were peacefully protesting, which is one of their constitutional rights. But no, it's not. If you're not armed anymore, you don't have any constitutional rights. We saw their trucks seized. We saw their bank accounts frozen. What are you talking about? That's what happens. That's why this is a hill to die on. The day they say you're, they're against the law is the day you go, okay, it's time to start fighting to take back over our government. Because you have to. Otherwise, you will be abused like you've never been abused. If you look through the 20th century in the Soviet Union, you know they disarmed the people. And then over the next 20 years, they slaughtered over 20 million people that were unable to defend themselves because they'd been disarmed. You look in Turkey, the same thing happened. Uh, in Guatemala, Uganda, Cambodia, in many other places, just documented there's over 56 million people that were executed by their own government for not doing any kind of crime or anything during the 20th century that we know of. 56 million. That's what, why government disarms a people. That's the only reason government disarms a people is they're planning on abusing them. And they want absolute, total control forever. They don't want to worry about elections. They don't want to worry about anything. And that's the only reason why no government of the people, by the people, and for the people would ever want to disarm law-abiding citizens, ever. They know it would create so much abuse and make people so defenseless. Um, it would be nothing but evil. So here, okay, once these things happen, now they're pushing all these gun laws. Here's a few things just to help give you a heads up to what's going on. The House of Representatives is poised to debate and pass two legislative packages containing a series of gun control measures. The first one's called the Protecting Our Kids Act. you got to be for that. You're not for protecting the kids? <laughs> these evil people. <laughs> That's H.R. 7910. The second package is dubbed Federal Extreme Risk Protection Order Act. And this one says it would implement a national red flag law that would give courts the power to confiscate firearms from citizens deemed to pose a threat, thus undermining fundamental rights to due process. They don't have to convict you in a court of law. They have to have a judge say... I think they're a threat and they can come to your home and take your guns and throw you in jail. That wouldn't be as concerning except 
our Department of Justice over the last 12 months has said anyone who voted for Trump is a domestic terrorist. And so they're a threat to our country. They've said that. The greatest threat to our country right now is people that voted for Trump. It's not the terrorist organizations. It's not China. It's not Russia. It's us. <laughs> and then they're trying to pass this through there, which then gives them the authority to just declare you, oh, you voted for Trump? You have no longer have the right to keep and bear arms. We're just taking that away from you. We don't have to prove in court you were planning something evil or doing something evil. We just have to know who you voted for so we know who you are and we're going to take your guns. Then they wanted some of the other things in the packages are raising the age to buy a firearm from 18 to 21. That sounds harmless, but under federal law, as soon as someone turns 18, he or she is recognized as an adult and is allowed to vote. And so you can't say, well, you have some rights, but you don't have all of them. And the reality is, too, since 1998, there's been 89 mass shootings. 81 of those were people over 21. So it's just a small percentage of them. And to think it would have stopped them anyway is crazy. They could have just bought it on the street then. They could have bought it, you know, wherever they wanted. We have to remember that over the last 50 years, you know, we've had a war on drugs. Okay? They're against the law. Recently, a few states are now selling marijuana, but heroin and cocaine and crack and all the other things, they're against the law with huge jail sentences if you get caught with them. And yet you could go into any bar in any town in America and get any of those whenever you want them. <laughs> when you outlaw something, it just makes a huge black market for it. It increases the crime because then there's people that are selling guns or drugs to make money illegally. And of course, people that are criminals, they don't mind doing things illegally. Their whole life is illegally. So it's just the ignorance. It's like you outlaw guns. The only people that would turn in their guns is some law-abiding citizens that are ignorant of their God-given rights. No criminal is turning in their guns. But that's a key point. When you pass gun control legislation, all it does is make it harder for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves and get the things they need to be safe. It doesn't hurt the criminals, and it even helps the criminals because then they will start selling arms because they'll realize this is a huge market, and that's what will happen. So on the point of then if they raise the age, young women between the ages of 18 and 21 are often targets of sexual assault and other violent crimes. And that legislation then would disarm young adult women for this political agenda, and they wouldn't be safe. It hurts them. The ones that are innocent, they're not doing crimes with their guns. They're just defending themselves. Here's a, a key I didn't realize. I hear different numbers. But a survey from 2021 estimates that 1.67 million people, okay, over 1.5 million people used their firearm just in 2021 to protect themselves from a criminal that was coming after them or a crime in process. 1.67 million times. We don't talk about that. You take those away, that's 1.67 more million more crimes that would have been committed. 
people that have been vulnerable to rape or theft or whatever. There's so many areas of this, it just it's overwhelming how illogical it is and how criminal it is and how evil at its core when they try to get the guns from the people they are controlling it is not good. So on to another area they're trying to get more control right now is the universal background checks. The enforcement mechanism of these universal checks would require providing law enforcement agencies with the power to check firearm possession for every American and to ensure both compliance and effectiveness. And what it would do in reality is pass a backdoor gun registry. That's the first step. Most countries that outlawed guns, the first thing they did is not outlaw them. They just said, we want to register them. So then they knew who had the guns. And so they know where to go door to door to get them. That's what happened too. In, in the 20th century, as communism took over different countries, countries that had a gun registry, the communists, when they came to power, would get the registry and go right then and execute every single person that had a firearm because they didn't want any opposition. There was a Firearm Owners Protection Act of 1986 that said you cannot have a national registry of firearms. But they'll get around that by saying, well, this is a universal background check and we just need to know where the guns are, make sure they don't get in the hands of the wrong people so we can protect you. And it's just it's just another scheme to try to sound like what they're doing is for your own benefit. Tracking the ghost guns is just a fancy way of saying you can't do anything to improve the firearm you have. Any part that's on your firearm, if it doesn't have a serial number, it's a federal crime. And you also, these measures criminalize the routine maintenance and operation of firearms in the private confines of an individual's residence. You literally, you're not allowed to take apart a weapon to clean it and put it back together. The process of putting a weapon together, even if it's one you had and you just took apart to clean it, is a federal crime. It's, they're, they're putting restraints everywhere they can. And the last one I'll just bring up in this, it, that again, sounds good on the surface. What about safe storage protocols? Well, first of all, even before looking into the details of it, you go, well, how would they know if I'm doing that or not? So it gives them the right to come into anyone's home to check, like they do in England. If you have a firearm, which a few people are allowed to have with special registration, you have to keep the gun in one lock safe and the ammo in a different lock safe and if you don't, you will go to prison. I was reading a story about a guy that didn't have it that way, and he went to prison. And the gun also that's in the one safe has to be disassembled. <laughs> so, yes, someone's breaking in your home, getting broke the window, they're coming in. I got to go open this safe, put the gun together, and then go over this safe and find the ammo and load the clip and put it in. It makes guns useless. Again, that's another thing they even say in the legislation it would be up to the discretion of the attorney general to define what best practices for safe gun storage is. <laughs> if we need any more evil people with any more control. Now, what, what are things we could do to help situation? Like I said, number one is teach our children to be moral. Teach them to fear God. Teach them there is a right and wrong. Teach them they're not animals. They are human beings made in the image of God. It is a great 
grievous sin to ever violently attack someone else, to kill someone else, um, and you will pay <laughs> um, for doing that. And so th that's a logical one, but also hardening the schools. Why in the world would you have at least one police officer in every school with the doors locked, just there monitoring things, checking on things, ready in case this were to happen? They've fought against this. The Biden administration and, and others have said, no, no, you can't do that. Well, that's ridiculous. They have the money there to do that. Armed teachers on a voluntary basis would be another excellent way. Teachers that want to be armed to protect their students. Just think of the teachers in Uvalde. That, that teacher there, when that guy came in, boom, you're not touching my students. That would have been amazing. It would have stopped before it started. That guy was out shooting his gun up in the air for 12 minutes outside the school before he came inside. 12 minutes. Police didn't come. Neighbors, if you had armed neighbors, and a, a, a guy across the street should have taken out his hunting rifle and taken him out. When he's shooting guns around children at a school, but they didn't do that. We need to end the gun-free zones in America. 90% of all mass shootings have happened in a gun-free zone. I wonder why that is. Well, they don't want, the shooters don't want to be shot. <laughs> so they want to kill as many people as possible so they can be famous. And so they're not going to go to a place that everybody's got a firearm on because they know their fun's not going to last two seconds. And then another thing, state lawmakers could fund the mental health institutions better, or when people have self-evident signs that they are troubled, they are, they are mental, they're talking to themselves, they're talking about killing people. So many of these shootings over the last 20 years have been by people that, it came out later, yeah, they were talking to their friends about this, they were sending texts about this, they were, they were doing this, they were, they were saying, yeah, I'm gonna kill people and stuff. Well, that's what mental health institutions are for, people that are troubled and they need help. And that would be something. If we prosecuted criminals more, where they're not out on the street, they're not out dealing drugs, they're not doing things, that would help so much. Our soft on crime policies have been so destructive to our country in so many different ways. And then of course, the fatherhood issue. We have to build families. When you have, now I think it's the majority of young people in America being raised without a father in the home. Again, you're gonna have this stuff happening every day. The only reason it's not happening every day is because God is still having mercy on us um, because it should be. It should be happening so often it's not even funny. Uh, when you've got these young men that have just got into gang, they don't have a father there to spend time with and be close to, so they're drawn to gangs. They're drawn to just the lowest common denominator, bullies, as their ranks continue to swell as they are across the country. Crime's going up, murder rates are going up, mass shootings are going up, drug use is going up, and our country is declining in being a safe haven to enjoy all the blessings that God has given us. Peter Hammond, who we had on a couple months ago from South Africa, he is an excellent writer and has studied this. And here's a few key points from a Christian perspective. 
Is it biblical to arm ourselves for self-defense? Listen to this. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than unbeliever. Fathers and husbands are required by Almighty God to provide for their families. It's crystal clear. This includes not only providing food, housing, clothing, education, medical care, love, discipleship, and spiritual guidance, but also protection. Of course, that'd be a fundamental, just like the animals in nature, they protect their young. And they will go attack something that's trying to hurt their young because that's it's natural to do that and it's right to do that. Of what worth is all of the other provisions if one does not provide protection as well? Anyone who fails to provide for their family has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In fact, those who refuse to protect their young are worse than an animal. What animal will not fight to protect its offspring? God has endowed his creatures with claws, talons, horns, sharp teeth, stings, venom, swift wings, and other means for fight or flight. Self-defense is built into nature. I thought that was such a great point. God has even given the animals a way to defend themselves, some kind of weapon to use. A porcupine even, I got these quills to, no, I'm going to attack you. come after me, I'm going to attack you. It's natural to do that, and it's right to do that, especially when God has put you over your wife and your children. And he's told us you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, well, I would definitely protect myself, so I also need to protect my neighbor because I love them. And I'm supposed to love them and look after them. And if, or a child is around, oh, someone's trying to hurt the child, like that school, I wish I would have lived across the street and seen that. I would have protected those children because God said you must protect the innocents. Even Jesus in Luke chapter 22 said, he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. <laughs> That's peaceful Jesus that also knew there was times when you got to clean out the temple. It's time to take the bullwhip out and start whipping people that are violating the law. And the law of God makes it crystal clear. It says in Exodus 22, if the thief is found breaking in and he is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed. When someone is doing criminal activity and you kill them, there is no guilt for that bloodshed. The law of God establishes the basic right of self-defense. Any person is justified in defending himself or his family whenever they are attacked or their lives are endangered. Any weapon is permissible for use in self-defense. The law of God does not say that the homeowner is guilty if he uses a sword, but innocent if he uses a club. The issue is not one of weapons, but the right and duty of self-defense such a key point that we have to remember as Christians. So many of these pacifist pastors are, oh, you can't do that. God will take care of you. No, God has given you a brain and directions to take care of yourself. And he can supernaturally protect you when you're not able. But he expects us as Christians to be ready to stand up for what is right, regardless of the cost. Man is responsible to be armed and prepared to protect his household. In Proverbs 25, it says, A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. 
you, you, you think, oh, there's a man there. He's going to defend me. But it's like when you come up to a spring and you're so thirsty, and you realize, oh, it, it's polluted. I can't get a drink. I should have been able to get refreshment and it's not there. I should have been able to get protection because there was a man there that should have had a gun on him and he didn't. And therefore, we all paid the consequences. He goes through so many key things of how deadly the deception of pacifism is and all these examples of slaughters because people refuse to defend themselves. He goes back even to the Magna Carta in 1215. So 800 years ago, the first written restriction on the powers of government and the grandfather of all Bill of Rights that guarantees the right of all free men to bear arms. Even 800 years ago, it was a common understanding. You always have a right to defend yourself. And if anyone tries to take that right, you know they are evil. Because it's a God-given right, and you must have it to fulfill your responsibilities and duties to God. He goes through what happened in Rwanda, where 800,000 Christians were slaughtered with machetes, right, while the UN is watching and did nothing to stop it. And on and on it goes. I mean, he was there for these things. Peter Hammond, he was at that. He said you couldn't, bodies were piled as far as the eye could see in every direction. And it was machetes that had killed them because they had been disarmed by their government and could not defend themselves. And it just goes on and on. It's, it's endless. I could go on and on, but I, I know you know this is important, but I wanted to remind you it's the most important. It, it, it's the, the, the guarantor of everything else. So we need to stand up. We need to call our representatives. We need to educate others about this because it's fundamental. The battle is clearly on, like I talked about at the beginning. It, it's obvious, but this particular issue inside of the battle parameter is vital because once they know we cannot stand against them, we cannot defend ourselves, we're in real trouble. And I think you know that. And, but I wanted to just remind you and encourage you that we need to be standing for these rights. We need to be contacting our representatives and letting them know this is of vital importance to us. And you should never try to disarm law-abiding citizens. And criminals don't follow the law anyway, so it's not going to stop them from doing what they want to do. It was already against the law in Uvalde to murder, but he didn't care because he was going to do what he wanted to do. But I just want to encourage you in these rights. I want to encourage you to go out periodically to the shooting range and, and practice with your guns so you're safe, so you know how to use them. So if the time ever comes when things completely disintegrate and we realize, oh, this is what our founders were talking about, we're ready. And I know that sounds radical or whatever. It shouldn't. They told us man is evil, and at some point... Don't be surprised if they try to enslave you because of their lust for power. And when that day comes, remember, we put that Second Amendment in there for you. And we hope you, you heeded our warning of being prepared to defend yourself because we must. And again, I just I think more and more people are waking up every day, which is wonderful because they see these people really are evil. And they really are trying to do bad things. And so that's a blessing. There's been more new gun owners over the last several years than in the past 10 years combined. So more people are starting to realize they need to be responsible for their own protection, their own safety, because government's not going to be there when they need them.
So our verse for this week talks about why some of these things are happening. Why do we have mass shootings? Why just the chaos and the just all the things going on? Well, here's why. Psalm 9, 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. <laughs> when you forget God, you're going to be turned into hell, your country, your nation. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who is the famous writer from the Soviet Union, when he came to America and was asked, how did Russia fall to communism? What, what happened? All he said, he could have said so much. He was an incredible writer, gifted speaker. He said, we forgot God. Well, we've forgotten God a long time ago. And that's why we need to be on our knees praying, God, have mercy on us. I know our country is evil. I, I'm, I'm sorry for the evil that has been done. I'm sorry the evil I have done. But I'm repenting of that. And I'm asking you to help us in this fight for freedom in, in raising and preserving this country for the next generation so they can glorify you freely like you intended them to do. Don't be discouraged. Just, just be faithful in the duties God has given us to do. And you never know what he might decide to do. But I appreciate you. And until next week, God bless you.